welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 13 through 15 of season 3. Mama, take this badge off of me. I can't use it anymore It's getting dark, too dark to see I feel I'm knocking on heaven's door Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door Larry, you know what today is? The date. What's the date? Tell me the date. Why Why are we talking about the date when this is recorded like three weeks in advance? Because the date is relevant to what I want to talk to you All about. Alright, it's October 3rd, 2018. Do you, and do you know what October 3rd is? No. It's Mean Girls Day. How are you celebrating Mean Girls Day this October 3rd, Larry Davis? By trying to make fetch a thing. Mm. I was going to try to kidnap some homeless babies from their parents. You know, someone's got to keep the spirit of Lindsay Lohan alive. Nobody's going to remember about, like, <laughs> this very timely reference. Like, right now it is. Yeah, but no, I think people... Out, nobody's going to be like, ah. oh yeah, sure, at the time Lindsay Lohan tried to kidnap a kid and got punched <laughs> out. Everyone the video's knows the that. best, though. I've been watching that every damn day. It is really Wake good. up to it. Yeah. Oh, God, she got laid the fuck out, man. Is it really Mean Girls Day? Uh, according to Twitter, yeah, it is. And you know me. I know all the stuff that I know about current events from Twitter. Why is it called Mean Girls Day? Is this when the movie came out? So remember how Piccolo Day is just like a line in the show where Piccolo's like, oh, on this date it'll be Piccolo Day. I guess there's like a line in Mean Girls where someone says, oh, it's October 3rd, we wear pink on October 3rd. Okay, I've never seen the movie. Neither have I, and I do not care to. Nope. I've heard it's good. I like Tina Fey, I like Rachel McAdams, I like... Tim Meadows. I still don't oh, I really care. Like Tim Meadows. Well, who doesn't? He's the ladies' man. <laughs> oh god, that's right. They made a movie about that. Yes, of course they did. Oh, Why I forgot. I routinely remember that they made a Night at the Roxbury movie, though. Oh, sure. Featured a cameo from uh, Richard Grieco. It did. So I remember nothing specifically about the movie other than they made their characters talk, and that was extremely weird to me. Well, yeah. Did you think they were going to make a whole movie where they just, like, bob their heads and point no. at people? No, dumbass. I thought that they would just not make a movie about it. That is not an option. It's like them making a movie or, like, a holiday special out of David S. Pumpkins. I mean, why would they do that? 
It's like making a movie out of Stuart Smalley. Why would they do that? <laughs> or how about Pat? Sure. What if it were just a two-hour movie trying to figure out what Pat's deal is? It's Pat. Also, think about how Pat in no way, shape, or form would fucking fly today. Oh, of course not. <laughs> it's not suitable for 2018 audiences. I mean, actually, though, in those sketches, wasn't the joke always on the people who aren't Pat? Like, that they were freaking out about it, and there was actually no reason to? I don't... I don't quite remember. Like, I feel like the deal was always, huh, look at these doofuses, they gotta figure out if Pat's a boy or a girl. Sure, but also think, like, today, would it really matter what the intention behind the skit was and what message it was trying to convey? You know people would flip the fuck out about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Speaking anyway, hi, shows, I'm Pat. Shows that people flip out about. I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Brundle, a.k.a. Pat. A.k.a. Stuart Smalley. Yeah, well, speaking of controversies in 2018, maybe you don't yeah. want to be too closely affiliated with Stuart Smalley they, at this point. They don't, they don't call me that anymore on account of that time I pantomimed a grope. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's unforgivable. That's like, cool. If somebody cool. Pre pretends to grope new... somebody, uh, we gotta fire him immediately. Yeah. But if he actually groped, then you make him a judge. Oh, sure. That's how that works. Sure. Well, to be a judge, you gotta do more than grope. Oh, no. You have to go all the way. Hi, my name is George Brundle. I like beer. Congratulations. Imagine if at the hearing Kavanaugh just took two beers And smashed them together And poured them both into his mouth <laughs> And Lindsey Graham's oh, no. just there Going oh hell yeah Well thank god that didn't happen Because then I might start actually liking Those old white fuckers Sure <laughs> Alright uh, Kamala Harris giving Kavanaugh A stone cold stunner I would like to see oh, that. Oh, man, yeah, so would I. I mean, we're kind of mixing the metaphors here because originally, you know, he was the stone cold, but we know what would really happen. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Can you smell what Cory Booker is cooking? Yeah, it uh, smells a bit like um, Baba Ganoush. Oh, okay, well, he's always making that face, so I thought it probably does not smell good. Yeah, yeah. I do really like the Booker face, though. I like Booker T. Ooh. That yeah, that would have been the more sensible comparison now that I think about it. <laughs> yeah, just call him King Booker. Don't need to uh, do any extra legwork on that one. Hi, welcome to Stand and Deliver, where the only way that we understand politics is through the lens of professional wrestling. Yeah. I mean, it's not That's too this different. Is. This was really just a 24-episode vehicle to this conversation. <laughs> anyway, I understand we watched a few episodes of this fucking cartoon. Yeah. 
watched uh, three of them in fact we're still here in part four uh we we got to an episode that i knew you would be thrilled about yeah yeah no i'm having a week man so we're starting off here with episode 13 we picked up something crazy Turns out the crazy thing they picked up was a baby, and I would have appreciated it if my friend warned me in advance that there would be more baby times. You already knew about this. Like, I told you a long time ago, and you were like, but oh, I yeah, didn't I know, it's know, an invisible baby. I didn't know that this was the baby episode, though. You could have preempted that. You chose not to. Well, you were the one that said, like, oh, I want, can't wait to see what they pick up that's crazy. And I said, you already know. Uh, it turns out I can wait to see them pick up the baby. You know, not everybody has the same weird baby phobia you do. Oh, they should. Nope. There's no yeah, reason be to so be afraid alone. of babies. They're kind of gross, but you don't need to be that close <sighs> by them. Yep. Kind of. Oh, come on. This whole episode is a disaster. It's everything about this. Baby ownership is not for me. I know that much. Yeah, I mean, you took some measures to prevent that. Yeah. Hey, speaking of babies, by the way, uh, so I can get this out of me now before uh, we dive into this episode, got a call from my sister. A niece update for you. She keeps saying JoJo all of the damn time now. Uh, specifically, when my sister asks her where she got things, like where'd you get those shoes? She'll just say JoJo. So she's now associated me as the person who gives her stuff. That's great. I don't know yep. why you're mentioning that here, because I don't think you because... ever talked previously about her calling you JoJo. No, I did. Uh, no, oh. no, I, I had mentioned in a previous episode, I'm pretty sure. In case I didn't, I have a niece who, for whatever reason, uh, calls me JoJo. I did not plant the idea of JoJo into this child's head. She just, apropos of nothing, started calling me that. I'm really glad it happened, though. Uh, me too. Like, out of all the weird uncle names I could get, hit the fucking jackpot with JoJo, man. Mm-hmm. It's real good timing while I got all this stuff going on, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Uncle JoJo. How you know I'm qualified to co-host a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure podcast. Yeah. Also that and the fact that both of us have proven on numerous occasions that we know more than the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Wikia. So, you know, that too, probably. It too, Wiki. Stab it in the back 30 That's times. Right. I'm just gonna gather around it so then none of us knows who really killed JoJo Wiki. <laughs> it's just like a murder on the Orient Express. <sighs> Akira's in jail! Good. And Jotaro has the stand arrow, so, you know, that takes care of that, and nothing bad will ever happen in Morio ever again. Nope. Koichi says something to the effect of, uh, well, it's turned out to not actually be a huge deal. <laughs> Which, I mean, I like I how my first... Like, a, a bunch of people died, and uh, I would say that's maybe a big deal. He's also saying this in the presence of Okuyasu, whose brother died. Yeah. Kind of insensitive. A little bit. Like, the, the thing that I like about Koichi is my perception of him going into the series was he was going to be, like, a, a total nerdlinger kind of character. Like, he would be the smart guy in the group, and it turns out Koichi's just dumb. Mm-hmm. Just None of them are straight that stupid. 
No, not at all. I mean, I'm fine with that. Part three, there was not a single... There were no two brain cells to rub against each other in the Stardust Crusaders group, and I loved it. I mean, Avdol was probably the smartest of them. Until he got shot in the noggin, and then had a total personality change. Well, yeah. And also got kind of stupid after that. Well, but yeah. Well, he got stupider, but he also got way cooler. So yes, it was, it was a trade-off. trade-off yeah. yeah. I mean, so the smartest character in Part 4 is one that we will be seeing, in fact, in this batch of episodes later. I know exactly who you're talking about, and I love him already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Joseph's are also there, and uh, this is how you know Joseph is seen now, because now he loves Japanese coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a really nice touch. Like, I I kind of hope that that was an Iraqi thing. Like, that was referenced in both versions. Of, although, then again, I think that they said that, like, the coffee scene was uh, made for the anime in Part 3. Oh, yeah. I think so. I suppose that would be like a specific anime reference, but mm-hmm. it's neat either way that there's some continuity with that. I yeah. like that. And also, even though Joestar, Joseph, I mean, but also Joestar, but everybody, it kind of throws me off because everyone just refers to him as Joestar here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Joseph becomes senile, and yet that makes him have better taste in coffee. <laughs> Like, before he well, was I like, think... instance, just fine, glug, 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 I'm dumb. I, I almost think it was more that he probably actually did, on a subconscious level, understand that it was better, but more consciously wanted to keep being a racist dickbag about it. Yeah, Like, maybe. he had something to prove. Yeah. And, like, him being senile is sort of letting his guard down or something like that, but it, I don't know, I liked it either way. Uh... But yeah, he's going to take, uh, Josuke is going to take Joseph back to see his mom, but he's got, like, a few ground rules to lay out, which is, don't talk to her, you look at her from a distance, and I'm not calling you dad or pops, and once you see my mom, you turn around and you go back to America. He's got three rules. Uh, never set spikes, watch out for mm. clouds, and lay those bricks down. By now, everyone should have seen Buttholes because we recommended it last episode. So if you don't get that, frankly, it's on you. Yes, I talked to somebody who uh, also was talking about Buttholes and managed to do some internet archaeology, or anthropology maybe in this case, I'm not really sure, to find out what the creators of Buttholes are up to. I found some really good live journal pages from about 2006, and turns out one of them... I believe the main guy, the one who's like always talking to the camera and going, yeah, 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 yeah. He uh, continued to do comedy, but uh, deleted Butthole's pilot episode because I, like, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be associated with that masterpiece, but I respect his feelings. So that's why all the ones you can find on YouTube now are re-uploads of it. Mm. Uh, the other guy, the um, one who set the traps, apparently just disappeared. Can't find anything about him. so He got trapped in one of his own traps and died. Maybe. I mean, he's probably, like, an extremely high-paid executive at, I don't know, BP or something now. That's how these things I was work. I say, it's, 
It's like one of those things where you set up a shotgun tied to your door handle and you forget it's there and you open it up and you get blasted. Except, like, he's just wandering around somewhere with, like, a folding chair or whatever stuck up his butt. Yeah. I forget exactly what he set down. It, it was like one of those... It's a folding something. Yeah, it's like a s- stool, kind of. Yeah. Point is, you don't want it in your butt. No. That was the whole point of buttholes. That's right. You have yeah. to watch out for traps. Uh, I was uh, going to... Or, well, I wasn't going to mention this in the last episode because I had totally forgotten about it, but along the lines of the same, like, forgotten old YouTube things, like, Tinetta777 was something that, like, sprung up in my mind the day after. Because, like, yeah. that's not quite as old as something like a Buttholes, but it's still, like, pretty vintage as far as YouTube stuff goes at this point. Because he also got banned, like, multiple times, so it's hard to find a lot of his old videos. Yeah, he's still doing it, though, because I looked, and, like, he has recent videos that he's uploaded. Yeah, like, he's not gone away, but he's not really popular or, or well-known the way he was when he first popped up. For for those who have not seen, rather, been exposed to Tanetta's specific brand of deviancy, it's like if someone made a whole channel out of, like, the Goodbye Horses bit from Silence of the Lambs. Yep, exactly. Uh... <laughs> I got him to make a song for me. Uh, this is this is back when you would private message someone on YouTube and it was like an actual viable way to communicate. I made up some bull- bullshit story about how I went to a glory hole once and I got sucked at the glory hole. But then I found out afterwards it was a dude and then it started making me question my sexuality. And then he made a song about this fake story that I fed him. Was it really <laughs> fake though? So- Look, you've told me some so stuff that this, makes me wonder. The song is called "Glory Days." If you want to, you know, look it up on the on the on the um inner on Daily Motion, probably Vimeo. You know what? Actually, Definitely. I'm just going to, to uh, insert a clip of it right here. But I got one, had my mind set on the wall. Believe me, guys, I didn't know when I stuck it through that glory hole. Better than a woman, I have to admit. But must I to admit, I'm gay with a dick in his mouth and me loving it. Guys, what can I say? It's a glory, glory day. It's a glory, glory day. And that's Glory Days by Tonetta777. Twenty people downloaded this episode, but like two made it past that whatever this (laughs) minute mark is. The weird thing about Tonetta is he did a a lot of songs. And some of them are really good. Like, actually, Glory Days, I think, is one of the best. Uh, and then yeah. uh, there's a lot of them that are just unlistenable. Yeah. It's no 81-inch prime ass. Yeah, 81-inch prime ass is one of the best ones. Uh, drugs, Drugs, Drugs is really good. Yes. Um, I, I ironically like Drugs, Drugs, Drugs. Uh, GMB White Showers is a little hard to stomach, but think about it every now and then. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I actually really like Apache Woman, which is a really hard one to find now because it was not about sex or drugs at all. And like it was barely intelligible because the audio quality was shitty. But like it sounds like something you would hear in the background of a movie and like a CD rundown bar. And I kind of dig it. Yeah. Like it sounds like um, something you would hear emanating from a theater uh, like in the background of a Martin Scorsese movie from the 70s. Yes. Yeah. Apache uh, Woman. He also did good. cooking videos for a while that was just like making hamburger helper on his stove in like this incredibly filthy apartment. Yeah. And every now and then he would pan to his living room that was just cluttered with like nude portraits. I was going to mention that he did uh, cooking videos that looked like segments from a Mr. Plinkett video. Uh, just like the parts yeah. where he would go down to the basement or whatever. That's pretty much what those Tonetta cooking videos were, but not a bit. Startlingly legitimate. I mean, Tonetta is nothing if not legitimate. Also, I'm still mad that I never bought his album when he actually released Me it. Too. Because, uh, holy cow, that thing is expensive now. Really? Well, yeah. Yeah, like, I, I kind of wish I did too. hundreds but I... of dollars. I lived with my mom at the time, and I kind of was like, I don't know how to explain this album that has a penis-shaped ink blot on the cover to my parents. Well, so the... I'm maybe just not going to buy this thing. That's the second one, isn't it? Because the first one has his mask on oh, it, I thought. Might be. Yeah, it might just be that it has a mask. It might be that I just didn't have the money. Now I do have the money, though, which has been on a digital painting of Danny Wells' as Luigi. Now, I know you said Danny Wells, but the way you said it sounded like Danny Balls. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like you got a portrait of like a porn parody of Mario Brothers. I'm sorry about the Luigi Danny Balls. Thanks, Danny Balls. We're uh we're twenty minutes into this recording. <laughs> um I just don't want to talk about the baby. We'll just speed through this. Because okay. actually this episode's not really that uh Joseph gets on a bus to Sapporo because Joseph loves beer. He still loves beer. <laughs> I'm glad you also thought of that. It was happened around the same time. So uh just get like catches up and gets his dumb old man off of this bus, but then like while he's kind of being chastised, like something's pulling at Joseph's pants and like steals his cane. And he tries to tell Josuke that, like, there's a stand nearby, but Josuke, who's seen a lot of weird shit, is suddenly questioning this as if his dad is just losing his mind. Well, he is. He but, is, but, but it is also... strange that Josuke doesn't believe this. Yeah, this is a weird thing for him to actually not believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they notice, like, handprints... Or, or Joseph notices, like, handprints, and he figures out that it's an invisible baby. And uh, we get our first and only instance of him screaming, oh my god. Yep. Also, a dog starts to attack the invisible baby, and uh, Joseph uses Hermit Purple to get it out of the way. At this point, oh. it looks like Josuke sees Hermit Purple wrapped around the invisible baby and everything, and then, like, right after that, he's still like, huh, I don't know, what's going on? Yeah. It's weird. Josuke also losing his mind. Yeah. But uh, all the oils yeah, in so... that pompadour, it's seeping into his scalp and infecting his brain. So, uh, 
Joseph can't, like, I think at first he thinks that a stand turned the, the baby invisible, but then, like, Joseph realizes that the stand user is the baby. And, like, I, I guess what's going on is, since it's a baby, it doesn't know how to control its stand power at all, so when it panics, it turns itself invisible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to try to find the mother, and, like, honestly, it's kind of a fuck scenario for the mom, where it's just, like, your baby went invisible, now your baby's gone. Yep. Uh, they never find the mom either. Yeah, no, they just kind of keep it at the end of the episode. Yep. Which is also a little bit fucked. Yeah, Joseph just adopts it. Uh, they give it a name, I forget what he names it, but they just name it something Joestar, and it's like, well, this is our baby now. Uh, Joseph Joestar, right. the uh, Lindsay Lohan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> There's also a really good bit here where <laughs> Joseph says something like, Ah, oh, I just realized something. It's a girl! And then... I touched it just now. Yeah, Josuke, <laughs> well, Josuke says something like, Oh, right, because the way you can tell is between the legs. And then immediately cuts to Josuke chasing Joseph with a cane. <laughs> yeah. It's just like this weird, like comedy bit they put in there yeah it's it's over and done with so fast it's like a two second shot yeah it's like something out of excel saga yeah i love it uh but uh also it poops in his hand yeah Just an, it lays an invisible turd out for him sure which also thought we were past all the shit humor in the series but guess not well now we are oh okay good Finally. At least this time I didn't have to be, see, like, a big old turd slopping around. Which happened, like, five or six times during the second half of Stardust, Stardust Crusaders. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember God. any more bits like that. Good. Uh, so, we then uh, get them going to, like, buy diapers and clothes and food. Uh... And Joseph lends, uh, or Joe's K lends Joseph his uh, credit card, uh, and he's very clear, like, don't spend a lot of money. This is my life savings. I don't have much. I worked really hard for it, though. Uh, everything about this scene I hate, because oh, yeah. it's like a five-minute walk through baby paraphernalia, uh, which I don't care to look at. And so, straight up, if something funny happened, if there was a goof up I missed it, because I just skipped past the scene. There isn't. It's literally just him saying, like, well, we have all these sizes of diapers. We have all these different kinds of bottles. We have all these kinds of nipples right. for the bottles. They right. have these kinds of right. things. It, and he describes in detail the difference between each type. And jo Joseph is just like, oh, I'll take all of them to everything. And so then he ends up with a 130,000 yen bill. So that bit I did see of him, like, coming out of there with the... Um the cart full of everything but yeah no i i skipped past the rest of this because i got like a minute in and was just like no nah, i don't need to see diapers and baby bottles and shit i'm good i like how you're even afraid of diapers baby balls make me fucking gag make me gag man i don't like the look of them uh oh god i like to imagine the most terrifying thing for you is the end of the opening credits of rugrats when tommy squirts the bottle at the camera if I see, like, a turned-over pacifier sitting somewhere, I want to hurl. You're such a weirdo. <laughs> I 
I'm not it. even like playing this. I'm not even playing this up for laughs. I, it genuinely makes me feel sick to my stomach. No, I know. I'm aware God, of that. I fucking hate but it. I hate still, it so much. It's hilarious to me. Yeah, this episode like legitimately was making me squeamish at some point. So it's. Man, but see, whatever. we talked about this before, and I said, like, well, there's a baby in part four, and you're like, yeah, but I know about it. That's an invisible baby, so that's okay. Yeah, I thought it would be okay. I thought it'd be fine. I was wrong, okay? Is that what you wanted from me? You wanted me to admit that I was wrong? I was wrong. I'm human. I'm a human being with baby fears, and I was wrong. Are you human, or are you dancer? I like to keep people guessing. We are human, after all. Alright, so after this, he comes out with the d- insane bill that he sticks Josuke with. Uh, yeah, and they go to the park, uh, where they start doing makeup on this baby. Mm-hmm. Just putting a bunch of foundation on it so it looks like a ghost now, and then, like, lipstick on the baby... And sunglasses, and you know, I'll at least give this terrible miniature human one point because it this baby has a look. Yeah, this baby's got style. It, it kind of looks like a cool baby from Giant Bomb, which for yeah. anybody who doesn't know is just uh, what well, what was the name of that game? The Cooking Mama sequel, where it was about a baby. Uh-huh. I don't remember. The, no, no, no! Don't shake the baby. One. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but but it was about to be yeah, a baby, and in, included with the game a baby doll that you would put the Wii remote in. And guess what? It was a Wii game, so the motion detection didn't work like at all. Uh, but the idea was that you would like rock the baby, and the game would detect that. So Giant Bomb took that baby doll and just put sunglasses on it and kept it on their video set for a long time. Yeah. That's cool, baby. But also, like, the the reason it sort of took off was they jostled it accidentally, like, a couple times they gave it warn them, no, 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 don't shake the baby. And so it eventually was turned into them, like, violently shaking the baby doll. Yeah, like, they just were swinging it around by the cable. Like, rodeo style. <laughs> I really need to watch that video again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, they then put it in the stroller and... Or no, they don't put it in the stroller at first. Uh, Joseph picks it up and the baby's uh, stand power grows and makes Joseph's hands disappear. So then yeah. they put it in the stroller, it does it again, and it makes most but not all of the stroller disappear. Mm-hmm. So they seem to... They, they realize that like the baby's anxiety... Uh, is reflected in the or the stand's power is reflected in how much anxiety the baby is feeling. So the more scared it gets, the wider the radius that it makes stuff disappear. Mm-hmm. I like the effect and of then, how it's uh, like erased part of the carriage. Yeah, it's it's a really neat effect. And then I like this dope rides by on a bicycle, sees floating plastic and metal in the air, and goes, "Huh." A stack of garbage. I'm gonna to toss my cigarette into it. Yep. <laughs> hey, you know, just some stuff floating there in midair by the side of the road. <laughs> Wonder who's gonna clean it up. Ah, uh, better chuck my trash into it. So, uh, Joseph lunges for the cigarette and he catches it, but it also knocks the stroller away. 
Yeah. So now the stroller is going downhill, and it's like turning everything, including the ground, invisible, which is like those are some stakes, man. Like that was actually pretty tense. Of like baby stroller going downhill towards a river, and you cannot see it. Mm-hmm. Also, again, That's I just really up. like the effect here, where it's like carving out the ground and trees near it. Like they're still there, but it yeah. looks like, um. Like when a vanilla ice would go through stuff with his uh, stand, you know, it kind of looks like that. Yeah, uh, but if stuff floated in the air when he got done with it. Um, but the baby falls into the river. Yep. The end. I was rooting for the river. <laughs> yep, thought, that's the episode. You thought the river would be the hero of this episode? Yeah. I thought, oh, finally, a river to wash away my fears and pain. <laughs> so, uh, Joseph or Josuke jumps in and is just like, Yo, go away, old man, you made everything worse. I can't believe you're my dad. I'm not ever letting you meet my mom. And uh, Joseph is understandably upset by this, so he jumps in the river and slits his wrists open. <laughs> So, real question here. Did you think this was going to be the end of Joseph Joestar? No. No, I didn't. Really? Because it sure seems like it. Joseph survived getting sucked off by a vampire. Yeah, but he's also really old now, and it seems like this would be a good thing for him to be like, Ah, my final act is to make it so you can save this new baby. You know, uh, I I did not I didn't think that this would be the end of him in the slightest bit. Joseph Joestar survived so much worse. He mm. got hit with Hamon that was like a hundred times stronger than his own in his damn knee, and it melted, and he still just walks around. Yeah, well, he has a cane. Well, now yes, but like for a long time after he that, has like, no ill effect. A cane. He got his hand chopped off, and then has had multiple robotic hands after that. He has a cane. Whatever. Joseph Joestar is number one. I think that we are never actually going to see Joseph Joestar die. I think you're right. I think that he'll just sort of like his time in the series will pass and we will never hear what his fate is, is my guess. Like, I don't think Rocky actually has it in him at this point to kill off Joseph Joestar. Like, if he's lasted this long into old age, then I think he's like around. I don't know. I think there's probably something like Speedwagon style where it's like, ah, oh, he lived to have a long life. Eventually he died. Hmm. It's like he can't yeah, be maybe. immortal. But I don't think it's going to be. I don't foresee there being a scenario where you see Joseph Joestar die on the screen. No, That's I don't think guess. so either. Um, but like, obviously, by part five, he would be like a hundred. So I don't <laughs> think he's going to be there. No. And to think if he just kept using Haman, like, as an exercise. Well. He'd be totally fine. His mom looked like she was in her late 20s when she was in her 50s. Yeah. He would have been fine. Uh, Like, he already was losing his grip on it by the time of part three, so. Yeah. Anyway, he slits his wrists open, uh, so he adds color to the water, and then when the baby's uh, stand power is going off, it, it erases like the blood around it. Uh, yep. So they know where it is. No, no need to do CPR on this baby who's been in the river for like two whole minutes. 
Yeah, like that's kind of the weirdest thing about all of this. Is I guess it's another case of, you know, anime taking a long time for something that maybe took five seconds, but it sure seems like that baby was underwater for a long time. Yeah. Also, then uh, once Josuke gets the baby out, Joseph says, I just want to look cool. Yeah, it well, specifically, I want it to look cool in front of you. Well, yeah, that's the implication. It was very, well, he says that, right, but I like that. It's very, very touching. Yeah. Joseph, Joseph loves his boy. Yeah. Anyway, later that night, Josuke finds the receipt, uh, which, like you said, 130,000 uh, yen. So in today's dollars, that would be uh, 1,100 bucks. Yeah. Uh, but I do not know, you know, what the... I don't know how strong the yen was at that point in time and what the conversion would be, so... I think it's about the same, because in this episode, they say 100 yen is... or uh, 80 yen is about $1. I think mm, okay. for 100 yen is 80 cents, something like that. It's still relatively it's, the same. Yeah. But then again, okay, that then. might yeah, not but... be period accurate because remember that thing in part two where they were trying to get like $50 from a guy in the 20s or like the 40s, it would have been? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, also, I would expect $1,100 of baby paraphernalia would be less than what Joseph left that shop with, but I actually don't know how much baby stuff costs. So, uh, uh, it is very expensive. That is my assumption. So, Well, well look, they, they're like mattress salesmen. They know they're only going to get like one sale from you, so they are going to bilk you for all they can. Again, baby ownership is not for me. No. Me either. I don't have to worry about that ever. I hey, sometimes hey, wonder I, I how I make bar- it me. I can barely take care of myself, am I right? <laughs> Seriously though, my life's a mess. Uh, you're a mess. Uh, I'm a disaster. <laughs> Can't wait for Harvey Birdman to be back. Man, me too. Alright. Manga uh, anime differences. In the manga, there was never a baby. Well, that's not true. Manga anime differences. Koichi's narration on Akira's imprisonment and the whereabouts of the bow and arrow are told by Jotaro while the crew meets at a cafe. This includes a flashback of his visit to Akira's jail cell. Okay, so I guess I thought that for a second you said Akira's chill cell, and I was going to be like, yeah, well, that sounds about right. He is very chill in there. Uh, oh, oh, you know, you yes, should mention yes, what you I learned should, about I should mention Akira. that uh, he is apparently based on a real dude, uh, Kenji Otsuki, who has done a lot of uh, anime theme songs, actually, including Welcome to the NHK and Helsing. And it, there are pictures of him where he looks exactly like uh, Otoishi does in this. Hell That's yes. really cool. That dude is awesome. Yeah. I thought that cartoon character was awesome, and then finding out that he's a real human being, like, sincerely made that made my day. Like, that is... Yeah. That dude's great. Unfortunately, Although weird that he does not do a JoJo's theme. Yeah, it is. Um, But all the music I happened to listen to from him was very good. You mentioned that it sounded like something out of Castlevania when I sent it to you, yeah. and I don't disagree. 
It is some weird Castlevania rock opera stuff, and I am extremely into it. Mm-hmm. It is fantastic. Okay, uh, a scene is added where Josuke calls Tomoko. Again, that was a pretty good part where he's like, hey, by the way, are you going to be there all day? You are good. No, no, no reason. Okay, bye. It's definitely nothing weird. No. Uh, the anime-only Kai Harada returns to read a letter on the air. That must be the um, Morio Radio host. Uh, <clears throat> a scene... De- oh, you know, yeah, they- yeah, we didn't mention this. When um, Josuke is walking with Joseph, a scene depicting an unseen mangaka receiving an envelope containing a pink dark boy manuscript from a Shueisha employee is added. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, because I, I know you're more familiar with Part 4 than I am. Is there ever actually a scene of Joseph meeting Tomoko? Yes. Okay, because I was going to say that was weird that that, is, that doesn't happen in this episode. Like, it, it makes sense to a degree they, they ran out of time by the end of it. But, like, it, you roll right into these next two episodes that have nothing to do with Joseph or Tomoko at all. But you would think, like, by this time they would have had to have met. Yeah. So. Uh, yes, from what I remember, there is a scene. Okay. Unless my brain is just like creating that. <laughs> but okay. I, I remember... Yeah, I was going to be like, that's a weird beat to skip over if they... Mm. Yeah. Uh, a, a scene revealing Josuke Higashikata's Joestar birthmark is added. It's at the very end. Um, mm. Oh, some trivia here. You wouldn't have seen this. Also, I didn't notice it. The mascot of the Bear Tears team in Oh, That's a Baseball makes an appearance on a brand of diapers when Joseph is shopping. Like, great that I didn't see that, but also I really like how prevalent Oh, That's a Baseball is in the continuity now. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> it's just a really popular game over there, man. Like, all right. Oh, and I didn't really I understand. Notice. I understand why. Didn't really notice this. Well, yeah, I mean, it had voice acting in a Super Nintendo game. It was like sports talk. Yeah, it had the most in-depth character creation I've ever seen. Uh, this <laughs> side of Facemaker. Yeah. Uh, the letter Kai Harada reads on the radio show is from a man describing how his girlfriend has gone missing after he gave her a ruby-adorned engagement ring, which is a reference to the killer's latest victim, with her severed hand being seen in the previous episode. Also, to go back to something I said for just a moment, that Facemaker reference is for exactly nobody. It's for me. I, I don't know a single human being who knows what that game is other than you, me, and Danny. Well. And by that, of course, I mean Danny Balls. Yeah. Danny Balls. Alright, uh, episode 14, Let's Go to the Manga Artist's House, part 1. Uh, Koichi bumps into Hazmata. They seem to, like, be cool with each other now. Again, it's worth mentioning, uh, this was the first JoJo episode you ever saw. Yes. No, actually, part two. Part two of this is the first one I ever saw. You only saw part two? I only saw part two. I did not see the lead into this whatsoever. Well, great. Yeah. No, it was a... A beautiful moment in time where none of this contextually made any sense to me, but it was amazing. 
Right. It is a, a similar a similar thing. Let me pitch, pitch to you an idea for a podcast uh, in like 2032 when we're done watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm-hmm. That seems um, generous, but okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, there was a, a point in, so Bleach. Maybe you've heard of it. No, what's that? Okay, uh, it's a fluid that I stare at uh, at least once a week and consider drinking. Uh, but it's also the name of a uh, somewhat popular anime and manga series that existed for some time until the manga stopped being, or I'm sorry, the anime rather, seemed to like stop being profitable whatsoever. So they were just like, we're ending this show because nobody's watching it, even though the manga is still going, which my understanding, that doesn't happen a whole lot. Uh, the only other time I could think of that really happening off the top of my head is like Inuyasha. Um, but... Uh, when I found out that the anime was ending, I was just like, okay, I've not watched this thing for probably close to a decade. And, like, the stuff that I watched was all very early in the series. So I'm just going to, like, sit down and watch a episode with zero context of, like, anything that's happened in this, like, years-long interim. And it was a beautiful disaster. I don't know what a Zong Pak Toe is, or the, the, a character shrunk real tiny and fought like a bear. Like, I had no fucking clue what was going on. It was insane. You don't know what a Zanpakuto is? No, that's, that's I never got that stuff. far. That's early. I never got that far. I never got that far. So, like, characters are just, like, throwing out Japanese words. Like, yeah, this is my, what, my blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> What are these characters doing? These psychopaths. I love this. Like, it's not even recent, but when I subscribed to uh, Shonen Jump uh, digitally a few years ago, uh, Bleach was still running at that point, and it was, I want to say, pretty close to the end. Uh, But I opened it up as just like, all right, here's two guys that I thought were dead, and they're fighting um, like a uh, Reaper version of a, a luchador. And it seemed okay. My understanding is Bleach is actually not very good at all. I think the ideal way to consume it is to, like, just jump in really late with zero clue what's happening. Because then everything seems completely insane. Mm. And that, like, makes it weirdly fascinating. So my idea was, maybe not necessarily with Bleach, but find, like, a really, really long anime that we have, like, zero concept of... And then get a random number generator and just watch <laughs> episodes at random. Go do and an anime roulette. Yeah, and see if we can't like actually piece together over time what the fucking plot of this thing is. That would actually be pretty fun, I think. I would have to... How about yeah. like... Um, I'm trying to think of something with a lot of episodes, but I don't know. Like Soul Eater? Yeah, like- I don't know. Yeah, that's, like, the tough thing is is find something that has a lot of episodes that we also both have zero concept of and don't find out too much in the process of researching it. Like, that's the difficult part, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, I, I was thinking about the Bleach thing lately, and... I feel like for something like that to work, it, it would have to be... I mean, we're never going to watch, like, Prince of Tennis or yeah. Sayonara Zatsubo Sensei or whatever that one's called. Um, Although I do really like the first intro to that anime. That's like the only thing I know about it, but... What? Uh, the intro to 
what it, something sensei. Oh, okay. I've never seen anything about it. I, I only remember baseball. because there was there was like a Phoenix Wright uh, parody of the opening years and years and years ago. Oh, okay. And it stuck with me for whatever reason. But yeah, I I don't. Anyway, know. yeah. That would... if, if anybody has recommendations of like long running yet still somehow obscure anime. Uh, email them to me at larry at destroyallchildren.com and uh, we might actually do this once we get to part five. Although, you know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, if you did not know as much about it as you do, probably would have been a really good one. It would have been, but I feel like this is... it's good to do this in order. Yeah, yeah it is. Anyway... Hazamata and Koichi are weirdly cool with each other and they start bonding over Pink Dark Boy... It's yeah. a manga that these two nerdlingers love. And uh, Hazamata happened to overhear some real tour, real, real tour, real tours, real tours. <laughs> you've been real watching tours. Uh, you've been watching Santa Clarita Diet too much. You're starting to pronounce realtors the way uh, they say it. Real I think I might have always pronounced it the way that they say it. Oh yeah, it's right. Because uh, I mentioned real... to you how weird it was that they kept mispronouncing realtors in the show. And you're like, oh, it seems all right. To yeah, me. no, that's. I think I've always been saying it that way. But then uh, in so season two, they also made a joke about that with um. Who who was the other guy? Oh, uh, Joel McHale and his yeah, wife his saying like, sister. "You say realtors like an idiot." <laughs> all right, I'm going to take another pass at this and actually just try to say it as naturally as I possibly can. Hazamata overheard some realtors talking, and apparently Pink Dark Boy's author, Rohan, lives in Morio. Why did you say Rohan that way? I thought that's how everyone pronounced it. Rohan! Uh, so they decide to go to this guy's home for autographs, which I think... It's a bad move for reasons that we find out, but also I think that's just kind of shitty. Yep. Also, it's sort of like, oh, it's a secret. Did you know this famous artist is living in Morio? Nobody knows where he lives. I I just overheard Let's some people talking about it. And they go to his house, and it just says, Kishibe, on a big sign in front of it. So it seems like it yeah. wouldn't be that hard to figure out if you were really looking for him. Mm. Uh, you know, it honestly kind of seems like he wants to invite people in because of the way his uh, stand works, it seems like he's still sort of like testing it out. And also, like, he needs people. He needs fresh meat. Bro, Rohan might be a serial killer, actually, considering, like, the end result of his stand, if used long enough, is the person disappears, so. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he's killed anybody. In fact, I'm not really sure he's actually used it on anybody before this, like, to this extent, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's a, it's a little unclear. So, uh, but they go there, they knock on his door, uh, or they try to, because, like, he just opens the door up and just grabs Koichi's hand, and then Hazamata hair turns into Vegeta's? Mm-hmm. Well, hair does that before when they're talking about, uh, Pink Dark Boy. They're just getting so hyped up that his hair goes up like that. I just like that both these characters can get Super Saiyan hair, sure. apparently. Uh, Koichi's more so. But yeah, uh, so they are just like, hey, we want autographs. We know that you probably didn't want people coming up asking you for autographs or knowing where you live and you might be working on your comic, but 
give us autographs. We're just two nice boys. We want to meet you. We want yeah. to go into your house. And if you don't give autographs, we'll tell everyone that you did things. Koichi would never blackmail someone. Hazamata might. In fact, Hazamata almost Hazamata. certainly would. Yes, Hazamata, 100%, would lie and say that somebody did something to him just to get his way. Uh, but Rohan's into it. He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, come on in, I'll show you my studio. Mm-hmm. He says he moved into Morio about three months before this. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he d- dislikes the city, dislikes the hustle and bustle. He likes a more rural, you know... He he wants to be out in the sticks. He enjoys that more. Rural. The rural drawer. Rural realtors selling Rohan Realty. Yeah, good. Got it in one. All right, I did it. Uh, so... This is all, everything about how he makes this comic is kind of presented in this way of like, oh my god, that's impossible. Because it totally is. Like, he has zero assistance, uh, which, having drawn a comic with zero assistance, like, I could do a a page a day, pencils, ink, and editing. And I think that's pretty good. But Rohan can do, like, what was it, like, four days, or... 19 pages a week, and he can knock it out in four days, even if there are colored pages. I think he says four days, five if there are color pages. Um, mm. But, yeah, well, especially, the thing about assistance is that's a very Japanese thing, because they are putting out so many pages per week. Uh, it's not like yes. U.S. comics where it would be you know 22 pages a month. Although now with double shipping stuff, it's becoming harder to keep that stuff on schedule, and that's why you have fill-in artists. And I'm not going to get into all of that because nobody actually yeah, cares. Well, um, well no, I, I was going to I was going to say the thing is even with American artists, I mean, it's still one guy does pencils, one guy does the inking, one guy does the uh, colors and the lettering and this and that. Like it's still divided up. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there are people who do their own inks. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not like with Japanese comics where the way you divide it up is just like the dude who's credited on the book probably wrote it and drew the characters in it and then other dudes did everything else. Yeah, like especially with backgrounds, like the main artist yeah. almost never does any of that. Which which if is... you ask me, that's a good gig. Yes, yeah, like, dude, if I were just doing character art, I could probably knock out, I could easily knock out what Rohan knocks out. Like, the thing that is weird to me about that is, that would actually maybe be an adjustment, because then I feel I would lose my sense of perspective. Hmm. Like, I almost kind of view when I do a panel, I start from the background, because I need that perspective first. That's weird. Yeah, no, like, the... The way that I do things is weird, and I I understand I mean, that. But... I see what you're getting at. Hey, Rohan. Like, I could see why you would do that, but yeah, yeah. But the the way that Rohan does things is way weirder, and like that's the point. That's the kooky thing. That's the thing that tips you off. That like Rohan is not a normal human being, other than the fact that he doesn't look like a normal human being. He's not a normal human being. Yeah. 
I want one of those things like he wears around his forehead. Like that weird bandana. Yeah. I like that it, it's sort of the... Uh... It's like Caesar's bandana is still persisting throughout this thing, because, like, Jotaro's belt looked like his bandana, and now this bandana that Rohan's wearing kind of has a similar style to it. I guess so. There was a, a little thing in the Jojonium books where uh, Araki actually calls attention to that. He's like, you know, I just like that very simplistic design because I'm all about doing, like, two tones in things. Like, a lot of the times I do colors on a page, it's usually just two different tones, and that's mostly it. Is like the the thing that I like the most about Caesar's design was I could kind of reflect that affinity that I have for doing two tone colors in this headband of his, and that's why it keeps showing up over time. Okay. Rocky, also not a normal person. Yeah, I mean I don't know that you could just say like, oh yeah, this completely normal person, Rocky. Here's what he has to say about this. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, while all this is going on, uh, he spots a big ol' spider on Hazamata's shoulder and, like, plucks it off, and then he immediately starts reading all about it. In an encyclopedia, he keeps in a gigantic triangle-shaped bookcase. It's a cool bookcase. It is! Uh, and then Rohan starts explaining uh, that what makes a manga artist great is his understanding of reality. Uh, because drawing doesn't actually come from fiction and fantasy, which, uh, okay. Uh, it comes from how the artist perceives the world around him. So he needs to know everything about the spider, how its legs connect, how to distinguish uh, what sex it is, and also what its damn insides look like. Uh -huh. <laughs> so he starts performing spider surgery by just jamming an exacto blade into its abdomen and twirling it around. <laughs> Yeah. And then he's also like, I also need to know what it tastes like. <laughs> yep. Just starts licking it. <laughs> he licks it so much. And th at this <laughs> point, Koichi and Hazamata are kind of just like, this guy's a little weird. And then Hazamata vomits and Rohan's like, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I want to sketch this. It's so real. Or I draw you like one of my puking French girls. <laughs> uh, but you know, like all very arousing things that us artists might like to draw, the moment passes. Yeah, it's great because he goes and gets the supplies and sits down to start sketching them, but by then Hazamata's done puking and he kind of tries to start again for him and he's like, eh, now it looks fake. Man. Man. So Rohan leaves the room to go get a signing pin and some By the tea. way, continuity error, there's no puddle of puke or anything on the floor for the rest of these yeah. scenes. Yeah, it's just behind gone. Also, the spider's gone, but you know, you could kind of just assume Rohan ate it. Oh, absolutely. Wait, waste not a part of the spider. Yes, use every part of the spider. We've been getting a lot of Black Widows outside of my work, which is funny to me because people always freak out about Black Widows, and like, if you're just a regular healthy dude, that probably won't kill you. I mean, I'm not a healthy dude, but it still probably wouldn't kill me. Yeah, no, it just makes you feel a little sick, that's all. Yeah. I know, I get bit by Black Widows all the time, I just stick my arm in the web, and I'm just like, ah, look, you're worrying about nothing! Well, you're trying to build up an immunity to them, right? No, I just think they're neat. 
Oh. That's like widows. Yeah, lick them. You gotta eat them. Then, you know, once I eat the Black Widow, then I know how to draw them. I think that's how that works. I'm going to uh, cut out this part of the recording and send it to Scarlett Johansson. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's fine. It's not going to be any different than all the letters Let's I send her. see if we could get this to go viral! She knows who I am. So, uh, Hazamata, uh, being just a real bastard, starts looking at this manuscript for the next Pink Dark Man, and is just like, oh, Pink what Dark if we... Boy. What I say? Pink Dark Man? Yes. Sa Liam Sam Raimi's Pink Dark Man. Uh, so... Koichi's like, uh, dude, no, like, that's actually not cool to just rip this dude's manuscript out of this envelope and start reading it. Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. uh, and they do it anyway, though, and it starts erupting green energy and just really knocks their socks off. It looks cool as hell. Yeah, this is a dope comic. Yeah. And then uh, Rohan just shows up. And he's just like, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you could. I wanted you to do it. I need this. I want this. You're so compatible with my manuscript. Yeah. So. I need to see what's inside you. I need to taste you. Just go, go ahead. Go ahead with what happens. I don't like this bit. Uh. So yeah, they look. You know, they look at the manuscript and they get affected by a stand. Yeah. And what does it it's do? Heaven's door. Yeah, yeah, it does heaven's door. Heaven's door. It turns them into book people. Yeah. That's what it does, basically. Yeah. So, um, one of the bad JoJo games, I don't remember if it was Eyes of Heaven or All-Star Battle, but one of them, the I'm... loading icon is just Koichi's head in that book form with pages turning. Oh, I think... I think that's All-Star Battle. Probably. Eyes of Heaven was the one that's sort of like uh, like a Gundam Breaker game, right? Yeah, but bad. Or a Gundam Yeah, Gundam Versus. Uh, okay. It actually might be in both of them now that I think about it. I, I mostly remember it, I think, from All-Star Battle, like a video that I watched for that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I, like I know what you're talking about. Like it's, the pages of his face kind of flip as it's loading, which like it looks cool. Like, mm -hmm. this is a really cool effect for a stand. Uh, especially when Rohan just starts, like, ripping pages out of Koichi's damn face. Sure. It's like a real creep. But the important uh, thing to mention so, yeah. is it turns them into a book that he can then read. Like, literally read them like a book and find out everything about them. Yeah, and, like, not just that, but, like, so he starts reading Koichi and gets way into it because he discovers through Koichi what a stand even is and like everything about you know Josuke and Jotaro and Okuyasu and just all the stuff that's been happening and yes. he's completely blown away by it yeah because until now he didn't realize there were other people with stands yeah he's just like oh whatever I got shot with an arrow once and I thought that was weird which this is also another reason that I think he's never actually used this on anybody else because he mentions that his manuscript had to be compatible with them. 
And so I think that's probably because they're stand users. Oh yeah, maybe. Because I was going to say the thing that I thought was weird was he mentioned compatibility. And then it just also happens to work on Okuyasu and Josuke, who, from what I can tell, do not give a damn about this comic. Especially Josuke. Yeah, also another thing about this is... I don't remember that being a thing from now on. Like, when Rohan shows up in the future, I'm pretty sure he can just go, Heaven's Door, to anybody and use it. Mm. Yeah, I don't think he has to show them the picture. From what I remember, like, maybe I'm wrong about that, but... Yeah. Nah, well, anyway. He turned Koichi into a book person. That ain't good. No. So, uh, he also can, um... Oh god, what exactly does he say? Uh, Koichi, like, threatens him with reverb, but then uh, he... Oh, so he can't attack him because what Rohan did was he wrote into Koichi that he cannot attack Rohan. Yep. So anything he writes into a book person becomes real for that book person. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, that's neat. And then, like, he decides to go flip through Hazamata for a little bit, and... Man. <laughs> he finds out. Oh, how bad Hazamata is. Yeah, he's like, boy, you're a real shithead. Uh, nobody would like you as a character. Yeah. Like, what, Dead on. What does he say about him? Um, it's like his balls sweat and he adjusts them in class and hopes that somebody will see it. Yeah, yeah, he gets sexually, he gets a sexual thrill from adjusting his sweaty balls and thinking somebody might catch him. Yeah, or yeah, he also, he also says you want to force yourself on some girl in yeah. your class but can't bring yourself to do it. And he's like, boy, you're a disgusting person. No one would want to read about you. Yeah, and so, like, jumping ahead a little bit, he does write inside Koichi's book basically that Koichi's going to keep coming back so he can kind of, like, drain him of his story or whatever. Hazamata doesn't get the same treatment. I almost would have to think he wrote in there, like, never come near my house ever again. Yeah, probably. Oh, man. So, uh, Koichi then asks, like, you know, why Why would you do this? You're so successful. You got all this money. Like, you're not that much older than us. And you've got a popular comic and everyone knows who you are. And then Rohan... Is like, yo, fame and money don't matter to me. Like, I just want people to read what I write. Mm -hmm. uh, which is, like, a super respectable thing. Like, that's awesome. That's great. Not great is the part where you turn boys into books and you read the boys in your house. He's and reading steal... all the boys. <laughs> don't steal from the boys. Do not rip pages out of boys. You leave that page in that boy, you sicko. Thanks for ah! the pages, Koichi boy. So, uh, yeah, they, I think, like, after this, uh, they just leave and, like, everything seems fine. Mm hmm. Like, they don't have any memory of what just happened. And then, uh, Koichi weighs himself that night and he realizes he's, he's lost, uh, 20 kilograms, which is, like, 45 pounds? Mm-hmm. That's half like, his I body don't... weight. Yes, yeah, because, like, he now weighs 19.5. Uh-huh. Which means, like, altogether, this kid weighs, like, 87 pounds. Seems about right. Yeah. He's, he's a Krillin. Sure. 
Krillin's got more body mass. I think Krillin yeah. actually probably weighs a decent amount. Sure. Krillin's when, when all he, muscle. When you think about how tall the characters of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z must be, Krillin's actually probably about my height if no. they were actual human beings. Yeah. Like, by the time of, specifically by the time of, like, the Cell and Android sagas, where it seems for whatever reason Krillin got, like, sized up a little bit. I think you're overestimating how tall the other characters are. Like, Piccolo's obviously uh... the tallest, and I think he's, like, maybe six and a half feet tall. No, oh, Piccolo's, like, seven damn feet, man. He, like, towers over Goku. Maybe. And Goku's described, Goku is described in that comic as being tall. But they're tall for Japanese people, you know? Which is why like, I think all Krillin of the... is probably like normal height. Normal Japanese height. Normal the Japanese fuck that height, is. but that's not the same as normal, like, American height. I mean, look at the description of the Joe Stars. Like, everybody's always like, they're towering over me, and they're like a little over six feet tall. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. You know, that part we all in, want characters. Uh, we all want characters in media that represent us. Just let me have Krillin. Okay. I I'm literally not asking for much. Remember that part in Lost in Translation where where uh, Bill Murray gets on the elevator with all the Japanese people and he's like a good foot taller than any of them. I know what you're talking about, but also uh, I never finished Lost in Translation. Me I got like ten either. minutes into that thing, and then something I don't remember what happened, but I got pulled away from it. I'll tell you what happened. I got bored as hell. Oh, well. Gosh. For me personally. That so... Like yeah. Well, Koichi leaves the bathroom and he's like, I gotta go tell Josuke about this, but then he forgets all about it. And so the next day at school, uh, instead of, well, not at school, he's walking to school, but instead he walks to Rohan's house. And the door is open, and he's like, I... Probably shouldn't go in here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Something is drawing him in there. Yeah. And uh, Josuke and Okuyasu notice this. They followed him because they noticed he was walking in the opposite direction from school. And then inside of Rohan's place, Koichi approaches him. And Rohan's, like, busy. He's hard at work. Uh, and Koichi cannot, like, shake the spooky feeling that he's got being in, in there. And that's the episode. That's it. That's not it. It's done. Well, Rohan's like, I've been waiting for you, and then that's the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, the stuff with Josuke's in the next one. Yeah. Because, like, this next one opens where this one... Not just where this one ended, but, like, it picks up with him walking up to Rohan's house. Yeah. Okay, uh, manga anime differences... Removed Rohan's lines about how reading common people's lives is of great interest. Oh yeah, so that I guess that means he has used it on other people to read them. Hmm. I guess. Well, I mean that being removed, understandably, becomes kind of vague in the anime. So, a flashback scene of Toshikazu in a bookstore is added. Oh, Hazmata. Uh, in addition, the stand user. Wait, hold on. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. I never noticed this. I'm not gonna mention this part because that's a spoiler. Uh, but a character in the future actually appears here. Oh. 
like far flung future like we're not going to come up to him for another like yeah it's near the end oh Hmm. that's cool though oh yeah and this is the first one where it um changes the ending did you watch it well no i thought that happened before i thought you said that they added somebody in a previous ending no I said that they haven't yet. Oh, okay. No, this is the first one where it changes. Uh, it adds the uh, transition of Rohan near the end, and then it also puts uh, Akira and Joseph at the end near the boat. Ah. Uh, a little weird that uh, that Akira and Joseph didn't show up in the previous ending, but all right. It is. It seems like this is kind of where they are... Um, transitioning to the actual main plot of the season though because this next mm. episode also has the uh new intro yeah we'll we'll get there when it when it pops up well it's about to pop up is it get popping well we got a cold open first or was that all the anime differences or yeah that was it okay yeah so well we so like i said we get a repeat of the stuff that happened at the end of the last episode and then uh we get Rohan uh, actually working on his panel, and he completes it start to finish in two minutes, and he doesn't put any pencils down. Mm-hmm. And I've actually seen people work, uh, specifically uh, mangaka, who draw their stuff without laying down any pencils at all. Uh, specifically, the guy who did Gundam The Origin draws that way, and he draws with a brush. And, like, that's unreal to me that he could draw that well without sort of, like pre-plotting his panel with pencils. Yeah, just means he's good. No, no, like that's it means he's really good, which again is like another way to emphasize that Rohan is incredibly good. Like as of the fact that he can draw this all in 2 minutes, which is literally impossible. Also, but, that like he even can, that bit uh, of he can shoot out the beta fills. <laughs> yeah. Which is really good. Yeah, I marked down here. Can't say I've seen people do that. <laughs> yeah, like the rest of the stuff like he's doing it unreasonably f- fast but you could at least say like yeah I mean you could tell that people there are some that just do the inks without doing pencils first or there are some people who don't have assistance etc but uh yeah there's probably not people who put a brush between every single one of their fingers and then just swipe at the page to make speed lines yeah Ah, oh, speed lines are a pain in the ass, too. Just sit there with a the ruler doing one after the other after the other. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It sucks. Especially if, like, you get too much ink on the ruler and then it smudges. Cool. Anywho, he says this is the first time he's been able to draw 19 pages in a single night, speaking of things that are impossible. <laughs> yeah. Look, Rohan, <sighs> he's a talented boy. The only way doing 19 pages in a single night would be a thing is if you're doing, like, a stick figure comic or you're just, like, copy and pasting the same shit over and over again. If your name is Owl Turd and all of your characters are just amorphous white blobs with words on them. Or, like, you're doing some weird non-comic where it's like, here's a bunch of text and nothing else. This is a comic book because I say it is. Thought you were going to say if your name is Jeff Buckley, 
but uh, I don't know. Well, who, that's what I. Who that's what I was getting at with copying pasting about. stuff, actually. But yeah, who's no owl, owl turd is like that guy who I linked you a few times, where it's just like a dude's going like, "I'm going to have a great day today," and then like an amorphous white blob with the word "life" shows up and goes, "No, you're not," and then just punches his character, and that's the joke. Oh, those. Yeah, and it's just that every single time, every single comic, it is the laziest, most formula- formulaic shit I have ever seen. You know, like, you should... Slice of Life already kind of sucks, man, but wow. You know, real talk, you should set up a Patreon, because I have seen some Patreons. Uh, I saw someone that was drawing just, like, garbage furry characters that were, like, holding lightsabers, and they have, like, $600 a month. I was like, holy yeah. Christ, people will pay yeah. for this. People are sick, man. No, I, I was talking to somebody today. Um, I don't know how we got onto the subject of it, but I think he... Or no, I, I said like, oh yeah, I kind of wish I could pull Twitter open at work because I could maybe like show you some of the art that I have on that. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I, could, I can't actually do that anyway because I follow a few people who post some very not work-appropriate artwork. And he's like, none of that furry shit, right? And I was like, no. No, none of that. Like, I'm not into that. Like, I've been friends with people who are furries, though. And, like, if you really want to make a bank, you get into drawing people's personas and shit. Because they pay out the ass. Yeah. You should do that. Like, it, it, it turns out these people who invest a lot of time and money into coming up with, like, a anthropomorphized reflection of who they feel they are inside are willing to throw down cash to get more art of that representation. Yeah, I mean, I just paid about uh, $100 for somebody to do the uh, furry version of Pin and Teller. Uh, that was a bargain. Did you have to pay more because they're wearing diapers? Well, yes. Oh no, not again. I mean, it was kind of a scam because it's actually like from the waist up, so you can't actually see it. But well, I that's still why they have the rattles it. and the baby bottles. Yeah. And then you gotta pay for the props. Yeah, and you know, no, I... extra for colors, and it's a whole deal. Jesus, yeah. No, I, I think I joked with you originally when you were like, yeah, we're gonna get you to do the art for the, this podcast, and I was just like, okay, colors cost extra. <laughs> yeah, that's why I color it myself. <laughs> yep, because otherwise I would charge you. Yeah, no, I, uh, I really, I really should. Like, I don't want to, like, to lay it out real bluntly, man, like, this isn't necessarily me talking up what I can do, but just a general sort of fact is, like, yeah, there are a lot of people who just coast the hell by and they make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. And I, I honestly, I feel that Owl Turd guy fits that, that bill, like, dead on. Like, I, sorry if you like his stuff, I think he's not good. I mean, I think, I think we, he's very not good. We actually talked about this previously on episodes. Like, I used to draw comics, and I thought, eh, I'm actually not very good of good at this, so I kind of just quit. And then I look and see what other people are doing now and being successful with it. And, like, it, the yeah. stuff I thought I was doing that was crap is still better than this, so... For the record, I, I have and still do think that you have a really good style, and I really, really like your art in your comics, so... Well, I, I would like you now to... I've completely forgotten how to do any of it. Well, son of a bitch. Yeah. So it's gonna be like, if the, end, if the end result of this is that you've looked around and now just surveyed the landscape and realized how desolate and depressing it is, 
is that you end up coming back in, then great. I'm back, baby, I say. Yeah. That's part of why I decided to start doing comics again, is I kind of looked at everything else and was just like, there's nothing here for me, so I just want to make the thing that I like. Yeah. But anyway, comic books. I mean... Rohan. Rohan, he deserves his success. Let me tell you that right now. 19 um, pages in one day. Sure, he's got to rip... Maniac. Sure, he's got to rip, like, layers of flesh off of this young child's face and then hang it up on his workstation, but, you know. Well, they're not actual layers of flesh. They're just, like, representations of his soul. Get it right. Look, we've all, we've all done terrible things to further our art, you know? Like, Schmorky drew baby fur for, uh, you know, just well, a, a little, little, little bit, just a little bit. May, maybe don't use Schmorky as an example. <laughs> this turns out... That was maybe emblematic of more than you might think. Yeah. It's not like, uh, you know, the guy who drew Helsing also drew Hentai for a while. It's not quite the same thing as Schmorky. He has kids. So, uh, he he doesn't. Wants... Or his girlfriend had kids, right? There were kids in the picture where he, there should not be kids. He uh, was babysitting low taxes kids. Oh no. Yeah. Those poor sweaty children. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just because of all the mango steam they're fed. Ugh. I've actually totally forgotten about mango steam. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. So he wants the next don't pages. Fucking buy and he's it. Just... Don't fucking drink it. Don't fucking read my posts. <laughs> low taxes, infamous rant. Rest in peace, something awful. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, whatever. Um, yeah. Give me $10 to sign up for my internet forum. You know, it's to weed out the weirdos. I mean, it actually kind of worked for the most yeah. part. Like, if you compare that yeah. to a lot of contemporary forums, but... I don't know, I would kind of say if you're paying ten damn dollars to post on a message board, you're a weirdo. Well, then call me a weirdo. I have repeatedly. Fine. To your face and behind your back. Yeah, well, it's true. It's mostly to your face. Who the hell am I going to talk to? So, uh, he wants the next page. Because we need to move on, and uh, he's like, you might lose more weight, but it's not a problem because you'll be immortalized in manga form forever, you know, even if you cease to be. Physically. But you're cool with that, right? Right? We all have to make sacrifices for the art. Yeah. You have to bleed for the artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, new so, Electric oh, Six album is out now, I think, as of this recording. I need to listen to that. Uh, so, uh, Koichi realizes he remembers everything now, but it's too late. And we get a new intro, and I don't like this intro. I like it a lot. Why don't you like it? I think this I think this is the worst one, actually. I think that this is, like, way too generic anime for my taste. That's weird. Characters spinning around, and the camera focuses on each character for a little bit, and just the sound of the music in general is just extremely generic. 
Hmm. Like the way it's shot, the way it's framed, the way the music sounds, I just think it is super like phoned in. Okay. I mean, you liked that second Stardust Crusaders intro, which was garbage, so I, I don't know that I, I can trust you. Well, keep in mind, I didn't like it a whole lot or anything. I just thought it was okay, well, I guess. Well, it was terrible. My problem here with this is it seems like they put it in too early. Because there's a lot of stuff in here referenced later on. And it <clears> seems <throat> like they were like, well, we have these three intros for this part. And if we don't put this in now, we're only going to have it in there for like four episodes. So, yeah. I, I, uh, I do, I do like think the got... intro before this, though, was maybe might be my favorite one yeah i think so too it's either that or the third one from this season are my favorite ones um but yeah no i i I have heard and seen the uh the breakdown yeah intro i do think that one's really good i think it's unfortunate this middle one is incredibly bad but i do like the other two Uh, i like this one again it's just like it's got kira in it it's got raimi in it it's got shigechi in it like a lot of characters that don't show up until way later it's Actually, I, I will say maybe the worst one is the weird bastardization they did to the last intro for like two episodes. Mm-hmm. I think it was just because that one was episode. just. No, I think it was it was that two parter. I thought it happened on both parts. Oh, maybe. Or no, that. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. But I, but, I feel uh, like it was maybe just one episode because I thought that it stuck around longer. It it might have been, yeah. But like to me, that might actually be the worst one because it's like, okay, you're actively you're taking something that I like and you're actively ruining it. I don't know. I really like this intro, especially the part where it's uh like really sketchy looking and zooms in on Raimi in the alley, and like spins around like that part. I really like. Uh, mm. You're an idiot. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> you're stupid. I hate you. This is a good intro. Like, compare this to any of the garbage CGI, and then you're just like, oh, zooming around the characters. That's exactly what the Stardust Crusaders intros were, all of them. It was all zooming in circles around them, but it was garbage CBI, CGI. Also, CBI. <laughs> I'm getting angry at you for not liking this. I think it's poop from a butt. I hate it. The only way it could have been worse is if they put that f- fucking baby in it. I hate this. Throw the intro in a river. It's good. You're wrong. Wow. Well, I disagree. So. Uh, where, 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 where am I? Over. I'm sorry to tell everybody. Uh, we're just packing it up. We're calling it quits. Uh, a podcast divided against itself cannot stand check out our new podcast where we spin a roulette wheel and watch random episodes of Yu Yu Hakusho for some fucking reason I don't know no we're not doing that we're done this is it please listen to our new podcast where we debate the best anime intros of all time Listen to our new podcast where we watch RoboCop every day for a year. <laughs> Actually, I'd be way into that. Look, I love RoboCop. I would not want to watch it every day for a year. Uh, yeah, but after a while, you would just have it down to memory so well you could just say that you watched it. 
but then that would be cheating. You do you think those people actually sit down and watch the movie every single day? Come on. Yes. 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 Come on. Come on. This is a bad bit. The doorbell rings and Rohan seizes Josuke and Okiyasu. I'm thinking about my doorbell. When you gonna ring it? When you gonna ring it? <laughs> uh, Koichi crawled off to get to the front door, but he answers it. He's a normal boy now. Doesn't yeah. remember anything about what's going on because, again, he wrote into his brain that you can't tell Josuke anything. Uh, and so Josuke and Okiyasu are like, oh, that's fine. You know, as long as you're not hanging out with girls again. Mm -hmm. I cannot stress this enough, Koichi. It's men only for from now on for you. Yeah, we don't want you, no girl, falling under the like feminine wiles of any of those horrible ladies. No, we need to protect our sweet innocent Koichi. Josuke and Okuyasu are MRAs. <laughs> That's oh, what no. I'm trying to say here. They went to a uh, lecture from Jordan Peterson. And, uh, Okuyasu yeah. trying to tell Josuke about his incel forum that he started. Okuyasu, he needs more members. Okuyasu posts on r slash red pill. Oh no. I'm telling you, Josuke, they make some good points over there on the Donald. <laughs> Okay, so what if the person behind the stand arrow is George Soros? <laughs> George Soros has been paying the elder Nishimura brother to shoot people with the stand arrow. You think Okuyasu uh, is a flat earth theorist? Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's like a 90% chance that he's drinking bone milk or whatever it is. Mm hmm. You get duped into that. I mean, you got duped into eating at an Italian restaurant where they ain't got no menu. Yeah, and you were the one who was like, yeah, I'd be into that. I mean, I would I would be. Look, you know, actually, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to give those freaks my money. I don't want to support anything that they do, frankly. But uh, if you put a glass of bone milk in front of me, I'm the kind of dumbass who would like at least try it. I would. I put it into my. I I would drink a sip. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I would try just about anything that you put in front of me. Well, aren't you just wonderfully open-minded? Yeah, that too. <laughs> no, no, I think it's. I think it's more than I'm an idiot, my friend. Okay, I'm gonna write down. I need to tag this episode with bone milk. <laughs> So, uh, Koichi, he goes back inside, and then, like, he immediately remembers, oh no, I'm a bookman, and so he tries to go say something, but then he only is like, oh, I'll catch up with you at school. Come on, hurry up, burn through this. Uh, Rohan continues his work, and then he realizes somebody is coming inside, and so Kiyasi is climbing through the damn window. Came in through the bedroom window. He is like, uh, I noticed my friend Koichi has like a, he's bleeding from his hand. And so that tipped me off that a stand user was nearby. It's a good thing I'm right because I just busted through your window. 
It looks like he just opened it. Yeah, I just really like that he, instead of like going through a door, just climbed the side of the house and came through the window. Yeah. Okuyasu's great. So uh, he tries to attack Rohan, uh, and he reveals that he already knows about Okuyasu, and uh, so he pulls the manga in front of him and forces him to look at it, and then Okuyasu like, completely unravels, because he's now also a bookman. Yeah, Rohan used the reality gem and just uh, <laughs> makes him unravel just like Drax. Turned him into a character from ARMS. Oh wait, it wasn't Drax, it was um, the Mantis that turns into ribbons, right? I think it's both of them. No, Drax uh, turns into cubes. Oh, yeah. Huh, okay. I don't know. I need to watch that again. So, uh, Rohan's also like, ah, I know Josuke's hiding behind the bedroom door. Uh, doors also don't move in that direction. It's or no, wait, no, 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 no. Never mind. He's hiding, he's hiding behind, like, the frame. I don't think he's hiding behind the actual door. Never mind. I wrote that down weird. Okay. So uh, yeah. It's a dumb mistake. The sort of like me drinking bone juice. So Okuyasu is just like, all right, you know, uh, go like tell everybody else, go get like uh, Jotaro or somebody to come in here. Because like if you see this comic, then you're also going to like turn into a bookman. Real quick. And if like you don't bring anybody else, then we're fucked. Is it bone juice or bone milk? There's no bone titty, right? Like, it's that Lewis Black bit about soy milk. I kind of think that if you... Hmm. Bone juice is like broth. Sure. Because you're, you're sucking it out. My understanding is the, the bone milk is because it's like ground up. I would think... Which I know... That bone... Wouldn't bone juice be like marrow? But that's yeah. also solid. But that's that's also like the point of of making broth is you're basically sucking all the flavor out of the marrow. Okay. Bone marrow is uh, pretty tasty, by the way. The song "Marrow" by uh, Saint Vincent's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, bone marrow just tastes like the delicious, like, fatty part of a piece of steak. I don't care. Every time you talk about eating bone marrow, it makes me feel like you do when you see a baby. <laughs> it is delicious, but it, it also just has, like, a texture to it that is like, I would never make this again because also I could just get that flavor off a damn steak. So I don't understand what the point of this is. Uh, other than the fact that it's apparently like ridiculously healthy for you, but yeah, yeah. whatever. Your regular Anthony Bourdain over here. <laughs> yep. After this show, I'm going to hang myself while honking it. <laughs> That's not what he did. But why do don't you know think that. everybody that kills themselves did not do it while honking it? What the fuck else are you going to do when you kill yourself? All right, look. Go on with the episode. I will. Thank you. Uh, so, well, now I gotta find my fucking place here. Thanks a lot, by the way. You're welcome. Truck through this episode, then interrupt me so I lose my thought. 
so yeah, he's just like, okay, get out of here. Go tell somebody, tell anybody, because like, if you see this comic, then we are all roped into this and then we are doomed. And so Rohan's like, ah, well, I wrote in your book that if Josuke tries to interfere with me in any way, shape or form, you will kill yourself through immolation. Yeah. While honking it. <laughs> this is also one of the best parts of the episode. Where yeah, because Okuyasu... then is like, oh no, Josuke's telling the truth, I can't stop jacking off! <laughs> no, he's like, ah, uh, oh, that's stupid, I would never kill myself by doing that, and as he's saying that, his hand just comes into frame with a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> then he just sets his hand on fire. So yeah, I just, I wrote here, here. Is just while he's I... running around with a hand on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I had wrote here, he doesn't believe it, but then he just sets his damn hand on fire. Yeah. Uh, so Josuke enters and his eyes are totally shut, and he just starts to bum-rush Rohan. Uh, and so Rohan's like, okay, I need a plan on how to open this boy's eyes before he gets to me. So he throws like a bunch of pin tips at him, and despite sinking into his face, it doesn't work. So the second option is to read Koichi's file for weakness. And he finds out that Josuke's Easily angered when people insult his hair. But something that I appreciated here, uh, going back to what we talked about with the baby in the river, while uh, Rohan is trying <laughs> to figure out what what he should do, it has a countdown of how much time is passing. It's like 0. 0.2 seconds. I just want to express how thankful I am to be a part of a podcast where the phrase, back when we were talking about the baby in the river. Yeah. Is like an actual valid thing to bring up. Mm-hmm. It's an honor and a privilege. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he starts insulting Josuke's hair, and sure enough, it works. And he starts flicking his hair, which is not not a good not a good idea. No. But uh, so he tries to like Dora Dora him, and then Rohan shows him the manuscript, <laughs> speaking of real good bits. Uh, Diamond just punches right through the manuscript and fucks up his face. Yeah. Turns out just that, sends him flying. It turns out that even though he has eyes open, insulting Josuke's hair just made him fly into a blind rage and he didn't actually see anything. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, Koichi, so yeah, Koichi and Okuyasu come to that realization, and then Koichi starts remembering, like, vague details about Josuke's past and his haircut, and we get a flashback, but Koichi's, like, up front where he's like, you know, some of this is, like, my interpretation of how this went down. Uh, so, one night, uh, Josuke passes out from a fever as a, as, excuse me, as a, a wee child, and his mom takes him to the hospital. This is and, the uh, they don't know when what a Dio stand awoke, by the way. Yeah, uh, and it also coincides with, like, the worst blizzard in Morio in 18 years. So, Tomio, Tomoko's car gets stuck, and a man with a sick haircut and open wounds shows up, who looks suspiciously like Josuke. Mm-hmm. As, as, as in, I... As in, I think Josuke maybe saved himself? Do you want me to tell you... No. I I maybe after the, we are done with this episode because I I at least know of one person who is watching along as the podcast goes on and I would assume that there maybe are other people out there who maybe don't want to have this spoiled for them. 
but but my my is... assumption right now is that it is like Josuke from the future got sent into the past and like saved himself. Somehow. Well, here's the thing though, it isn't. He never shows up oh. again. I thought the same thing when I watched this the first time. Like I thought it had to be Josuke from the future. No, it's just some random guy. It that's never comes so up again. He's, he's got like the open wounds, and that's what made me think that like something went down. Yeah, but... he's also wearing the same outfit and looks exactly like Josuke. Even has the same earrings. But no, it's just that yeah. is so weird. All right, well. Like, maybe that's because okay. Koichi's the one narrating it, and so he makes him look like Josuke. I don't know, sure. but... Sure. I mean, Koichi, again, not not too bright. Uh, but yeah, uh, so the man saves Josuke's life, and he gets, like, a passing glimpse of him as the car is driving off, and so, like, Josuke's modeled his hair after him, and, like, also tries to model his life after him. Oh. And so, Koichi... And another thing about that flashback... Whenever uh, the mysterious man is talking, you never hear him. It just shows subtitles of what he's saying, which is another thing, which you would think they're doing that because they don't want you to just hear Josuke's voice actor saying it, but no. Yeah, great. That's a little weird that that doesn't go near. That almost makes you wonder if maybe that was a thing that Araki dropped. Yeah, like that's kind of the implication i got because i watched this whole season thinking that would come back like at the end maybe he ends up traveling back to save himself somehow like maybe the villain is going to do something but no just never brought up again or like even even then like i kind of see like sort of if you sit down and you think about it and you think about how stan's powers can kind of grow and evolve over time like what if dio was never defeated and he grows he grew so powerful with like time manipulation that he could effectively go forward and backwards in time mm-hmm. and like oh if jotaro has essentially the same stan what if like he got some sort of like more complex or drastic form of time manipulation right uh, that's why i asked if you wanted me to tell you because I didn't want you to be expecting something like that the way I was. Oh, uh, great. Because like you yeah, just like get that's... your hopes up for something like that and then it never happens. It's just like, well, like, what, what was that? Like, that's the equivalent of the Audrey storyline in Twin Peaks The Return. Oh no, this whole thing's going to end and Josuke was in a coma the whole time. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Sorry to everyone who didn't finish Twin Peaks and now probably Actually, knows how that ended. It's not even like the equivalent of the Audrey storyline. It's like the equivalent of the Ben Horn, like Ashley Judd storyline where it has that bit of her at home with her husband and then you never see him again. Oh, right. That was a weird season of television. Hell yeah, it was. Full of things that never got any resolution whatsoever, and then a bunch of dumbasses afterwards going like, Well, he doesn't owe it to you to explain anything. Well, he doesn't. No, but there's a difference between not explaining something and preserving a mystery, and just giving the viewer some sort of resolution. Yeah. I don't need to have a clear ending, but, like, if you're not going to make more of this, give me an ending. Hmm. Which, like, to, to be fair, I think the way that that actually closed could maybe be considered an acceptable enough ending, even though I think it's kind of infuriating in a lot of ways. 
But like stuff with the Audrey storyline and that thing that you mentioned with Ben Horn is just intentionally not giving you any sort of resolution, not wrapping up a character's arc and just dropping it, which I think is shitty storytelling. Yeah, I feel like the actual end with Cooper and everything, like you can tell enough from the way that happened, like where it would go from there, most likely. Yeah. Like you can extrapolate the details even without being explicitly told to you. But yeah, some of that stuff in the middle is just baffling. Well, the the Audrey stuff specifically is like, you didn't go anywhere with this. You just wasted my time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't a Twin Peaks podcast, even though sometimes I really wish it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... Koichi says that uh, Josuke has modeled not only his haircut, but his lifestyle after him, and so needless to say, the reason he gets so upset is he views this guy in very high regard, and insulting his haircut is tantamount to insulting the man that saved his life. Yeah. Which makes sense. Also, it's just a cool haircut, don't insult it. Yeah, it, it is. Um... Also, I like how Koichi after this was just like, boy, I wish I listened to his story more closely, though. I thought he was just making it up for some reason, so, like, I didn't. Okay. Way to be a friend, Koichi. narrator, Koichi Hirose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then while all this is going on, Rohan starts to draw again. And, like, Okuyasu is about to smash him for it, but he's like, no, no, I'm not up to anything bad. I just want to make a memo, and I want to preserve this touching moment for later on so I can steal it for my comic book. <laughs> and then Josuke's like, nope, I'm not done punching you yet. <laughs> yeah. uh, then we get a little note here that's just like, Pink Dark Boy is on hiatus for a month, and I assume this means that Mura and whoever the hell does Helsing is, like, frequently <laughs> getting mugged. Oh, Helsing's done. Helsing's been done for a while. It's um, oh, Drifters cool. is his current book that is constantly delayed. Yeah, Berserk will... Berserk quite possibly will never actually finish. I Speaking like... of not getting resolutions. You talked about that last episode, I think. I might have. You They're talked about Berserk those, uh... a lot. I do. I really like Berserk, but... Yeah, to the point right. that I own all... And they're putting out those, like, deluxe editions, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I might buy this whole comic over again. I might buy like, this, I didn't, depending I, on the I didn't buy the quality. original one. Yeah. All right, well, Let's that's see. an episode. Uh, yeah, of note now, um, Rohan will be a recurring character. He continues to have a grudge against Josuke, which is kind of weird, because Rohan's the one that started all this to begin with. But yeah, uh, it it's kind of funny because he is like a friend to everyone except Josuke. Uh, okay, bizarre. manga anime differences. The episode removes Koichi commenting on how Rohan is faster than Crazy Diamond, which actually is a good point that like Crazy Diamond is coming at him and he still manages to get up the manuscript in front of him. Yeah adds a counter of how long it takes for Rohan to devise a plan. Iggy is included in the Part 3 Joestar group scene in the anime. Apparently in the manga, they just left Iggy out. Disgusting. Nice. 
I was just happy to see Polnareff again. Yeah. When introducing Josuke's backstory, Koichi and Okuyasu's faces are similar to the ones on the cover of Volume 34. Which there's a link. Yeah, they, these are good faces. Mm. Links. Okay. Um, you will have to link me to those when we are done recording. Cause... I will. And that's it. Next time, we will be watching episodes 16 through 19. We've got four episode week next time, which is Let's Go Hunting through Shigechi's Harvest Part 2. Shigechi. Oh, man. Shigechi. I hate Shigechi, by the way. Like He's one cool. of my least favorite characters. He's disgusting. I'm more... I'm more concerned about Okuyasu shooting somebody on this hunting trip. No, uh, Okuyasu doesn't go on it. It's uh, Josuke and Jotaro. This is going to be a dire four-episode recording, isn't it? Why? Well, you don't like this character coming up, and I'm not a huge fan of Jotaro, and it sounds like there's no Okuyasu involved in this, so... Yeah, it'll be okay. I actually think Let's Go Hunting is a pretty cool episode. Okay. Um, I don't remember what one is in the middle there. Uh... Oh, so that's not a two-parter? No. Let's Go Hunting. Okay. Uh, well, oh, you would have said part Oh, right, one, so. yeah, okay. That The uh, second episode in those four episodes is a really good one. In fact, okay. it, it's the episode where the main bad guy is introduced. So ah. that's important. But yeah, uh, Shigechi really sucks. I hate him. Uh, he's not quite the worst character in the series. Like, I still, he's still going to come up later. But Shigechi's mm. pretty bad. He's no Hazumata. No. Well, no, he's not like scummy in that way. Like he kind of is. He's just disgusting. Oh. Like, like character, like I don't like me, looking at him. Character design disgusting, or like yeah, kind of that, and just the way he acts, mm. and I don't know. I really don't like him. Mm. Anyway, that's what we'll, well be watching next time. Yeah, I guess I'll find out soon what you mean by all that. Yeah, we're just gonna get a cryptic. face full of Shigechi. <laughs> Can't wait. Well, when you put it like that. I think Shige- I'm already starting to fall in your corner. The thing is, Shigechi's a main character, too. Like, he's in the opening, like, this new opening. He's right there at the beginning with the rest of the group. Oh, is so... he the... Is he the weird little guy? Yep. Okay, well, alright. You mentioned that he's in that, and that his character design is kind of gross, and so that bridged the gap for me. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, no, I don't like the way that dude looks, either. Look, I mean... I don't want to be, you know, making fun of someone for the way they look. But for one thing, this is an anime character and no human would actually look like that. And second, I don't care. He's horrible. And like I said, it's not Uh, just the way he looks. It's the way he acts like everything about him. I don't know what they were trying to go for with his character, but I hate it. Doesn't he have like, doesn't he have like Dodoria spikes on the top of his head or something? Like like that look around you bit where like Medibot got at this boy and just put a bunch of tusks tusks on him and yeah fucked it, him up good exactly okay oh God look around you was so good oh, thanks JoJo's.
So, Joe's. I was going to say thanks, Shigechi. The Gechi. Anyway, we'll see you next time on Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast where we watch these episodes about characters we don't like. It'll be a good time. <laughs> Every single week I get mad about anime. That's my life. What I do now. Mama, take this badge off of me. I can't hear.